Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to The Messy Table, an ordinary space for real women, imperfect stories, and the God who's at work in our mess. Y'all, happy January. Happy 2022. We made it. We're still here, still in this together. And I am personally fighting to stay curious and always learning, to stay awake to what God's doing in both the big and small details, to stay faithful in those hidden moments, while always remembering that His grace is available and sufficient every single day. So if we haven't yet had the chance to meet, my name is Jen Jewell, and I consider it such a joy to host this faith-fueled conversation-style podcast, which unleashes a fresh perspective and a dose of hope into your earbuds and your speakers every other Tuesday. And back with me today is my co-host is the wise and wonderful, my good friend, Amy Groeschel. And y'all, we are partnered with the women of our church, Life Church, where we just love locking arms with brave and humble women from all over the Capital C Church who are willing, just willing, to share a piece of their life. Because, as Revelation 12, 11 tells us, our enemy is defeated by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus, and by the word of our testimony, sharing what He's done in our actual lives. So as we kick off this new year, something most of us are likely all thinking about is how to best steward our lives. The time we have, the relationships we value, the money we've been given to manage. And it's not just about less sugar, more sleep, different choices, or getting everything right. Though all of those things are fine and great and helpful, it's about stewarding our whole lives to magnify God. But this can't be manufactured, it has to overflow. Well, in 2021, we started the year with Tara Lee Cobble, host of the Bible Recap, which is a chronological Bible plan on our favorite, the YouVersion Bible app, and host of the Coordinating Bible Recap podcast. So if you're still looking for an avenue to better understand God's character by reading through the whole Bible or even just the New Testament, we're going to link that episode again in the conversation notes. And now, here to give us a jumpstart on 2022. Guys, we're so excited to introduce you to the incredible guest who's joining us today. She's fun, she's smart, and I honestly wish she was my next door neighbor, the Rachel Cruz. So lucky for us, Rachel's not only a financial guru, the daughter of Dave Ramsey, host of The Rachel Cruz Show, and author of the best-selling book, Know Yourself, Know Your Money, but she's also just a genuinely down-to-earth wife and mom and follower of Christ. We think you're going to love this conversation, so grab your coffee, pull up a chair, and join Amy and me for a chat with Rachel. All right. Well, Rachel, it's such an honor to have you here. So welcome to The Messy Table. Thank you. Thanks for having me, you guys. I'm so excited. Yes, Rachel, thank you so much for agreeing to be on this. I don't know how you felt led to say yes, but we're glad that you did. I'm such a huge fan and so indebted, uh, Craig and I, to your family, as well as our church who madly uses your resources Mm -hmm. and all things Rachel Cruz, Dave Ramsey, and It's amazing how much financial changes towards financial freedom and living just radically can change, uh, not just your finances, but your home. And so we just want to know a little bit about Rachel Cruz off the camera, off the screen and, you know, who you are. Tell us a little bit of something interesting about your family and your life. Yes. Well, I would say I echo all of that. You and Craig have just been dear friends for a long time. And so we just, we appreciate you guys a whole lot. And Jen, just getting to meet you here on this call. It's been so fun just chatting even before we started recording. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so my life today, I would say I've kind of been in a little bit of a shifting season. So what I would have answered 18, 24 months ago is a little bit different than today. So I would say I am home a whole lot more. Mm -hmm. So mom role in my life Mm -hmm. is as elevated in this season. And I have a six-year-old little girl, Amelia in first grade, Caroline, who was four in preschool. And then Charles, who just turned two. So yummy. Um, we are in it, y'all. And <laughs> so, uh, my husband and I, Winston, we have been married 12 years. Mm-hmm. And we met in college. So yeah, so we're in, we're outside of Nashville in Brentwood, Tennessee. And yeah, life is, uh, again, the mom lens is so thick right now, in yeah. life, which is great. And so doing that, but also the work that I get to do on the side of um, being a mom and a wife is, yeah, helping people with their money. And yeah. so whether it's, you know, interviews or podcasts or books or articles or speaking or whatever it may be, I just feel like God has, he's been really faithful in my story as I've looked back 
Um, Priscilla Schreier, I remember uh, I did a Bible study of hers and she said that sometimes she doesn't realize that God had spoken until you look back. Mm-hmm. And so I can relate to that so much and just mm-hmm. the stepping stones mm-hmm. of that. So um, my days are just kind of a combination of all these things and it's a messy, yes. <laughs> beautiful <laughs> seasonal life that we're in. But yeah, I don't really have, I mean, my husband and I, we laugh because I don't really have a hobby. Like he, <laughs> he hunts and he camps and all this. I'm like, I read and every now and then we'll like bake something, but that's about <laughs> it. Like I don't really have a ton going on. Um, hey, reading is a hobby. It's great. I do love to read. Yes. I enjoy, I enjoy a good book, but. Um, Are you like fiction or nonfiction? Yeah, I'm mostly fiction. Oh, wow. okay. So yeah. And I love like mysteries. Mm-hmm. Like someone has been murdered, but they got to <laughs> figure out who it is kind of thing. I'm like into those. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, oh, your kids are getting to such fun ages, though, with books where it's not just like the little kid books, but you mm-hmm. can actually get into some good stuff. I love that. Absolutely. I know. And my daughter, she's just, I mean, first grade, but she's picking up chapter books for the yes. first time. And she loves it. Aww. So it's, yeah, it's been fun. Magic Treehouse and that whole yes. stage. Yes. Yep. So fun. So do you ever get tired of talking about money? That's my question. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I really don't. And I think I don't know. I I guess if I talked about like investing in like 401ks and 403bs all day long, that would probably be a little bit tiring. (laughs) But I love money because it touches every part of our lives. Mm -hmm. Like it's in our marriage. It's in our parenting. It's a part of our spiritual walk. It's the way we view so much of our possessions. And it's this weird tension, I think, even with believers of like, is money bad? Is it good? And that conversation is always fun to have. So it's just there's so many layers to money um, that it's always kind of a different conversation every time. That's good. Okay. So obviously we know you grew up as Dave Ramsey's daughter. We know you bring a relevant angle to financial solutions. We know you have this super adorable family. Uh, Yet we also know, like you already alluded to, there's real life. There's real stuff always happening behind the scenes, especially as a mom of three and a business professional. That's true. So can you just tell us about a time, a season, or even this week, (laughs) maybe it was this morning, (laughs) okay, when things have been a bit messy, but still you've experienced God's goodness, even in that mess. Yeah. I mean, I, I probably alluded to it earlier, but it's true. I feel like parenting right now, mm-hmm. um, and they all are just have their own little strengths and their own little struggles. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, our four-year-old, she's tough, y'all. She's, <laughs> she loves her opinion. She's <laughs> stubborn. Yep. She is, I have one does, of those. Yes, I, those. Know, right? I have one. I have one. You need one. Every home needs one. Yes, I know. And it's humbled me. <laughs> Because there's some days you feel like you're killing it. And then other days you're like, what happened? And so parenting, (laughs) I know I feel like God reminds me constantly, like the parent child relationship is such a beautiful thing when you, Mm -hmm. when you see it. Cause I'm like, you know, we obviously, I'm like, it's an unconditional love for your kids. Sometimes it Mm -hmm. can feel conditional at times. I'm like, (laughs) will you please just listen? Yeah. But you know, it's just, it's this beautiful picture of us and Jesus. Mm -hmm. I get that constantly. And I'm just learning you guys like, I just don't have as much control as I thought I did. Girl. <laughs> Come on. Oh my. Preach that all day. <laughs> oh, it's breaking me. And our first, Amelia, it's kind of textbook, first child, you know, kind of eager to please. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just tell her to do something and she does it. I mean, it's, you know, so Winston and I, I was like, we should write a parenting book. Like yes. we are. Yes. We're amazing. This. We are amazing. Yeah. And then, you know, you get all different kinds. So, so that's the messiness I would say, um, mm-hmm. Jen and Amy right now. And then that 18 months ago, after I had Charles feeling this pull for really the first time as a mom to be home more, mm-hmm. um, I wasn't gone too much. I was in the office probably three to four days a week. But it was a lot. Mm -hmm. And after the third, I felt this just, I mean, it it was the Holy Spirit because it wasn't me. You know, I was good in my little routine that I was in. Yeah. And something just shifted in my heart. And so thankfully, and I know this is not everyone's case or everyone's story, but thankfully I I have been able to kind of tap the brakes Mm -hmm. um, over the last probably 18 months to be home more. Um, But that was messy too. That was a little scary and Mm -hmm. kind of pulling back from work, but it was good and so healthy and so needed. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of been, I'd say recent. I had that very similar experience. And I love that you pointed out that this is a specific to you, Holy Spirit type of uh, nudge. And it was 
when I had my third daughter, the same thing mm-hmm. that I was more involved at church on the worship team, which was, you know, a lot of services and practices and things like that. Yeah. But um, yeah, I just, I kind of woke up and knew like the Holy Spirit was like, it's time to shift, time to change, time to step back some. Mm-hmm. But because like you were talking about hobbies, <laughs> kids, they become the hobby and the full-time job and the all-encompassing thing when they're when you're led into that. And it is messy. And our third daughter was our strong-willed. So what's something that she does that like that humbles you and you go, wow, this isn't our parenting. This is a personality thing. Um, her, I would say her reaction with discipline specifically. Mm-hmm. So like, again, the only thing I, and I hate to compare kids because I know they're also different, but what we knew was our oldest And she was so hard on herself. So there was, you know, kind of a look you could give her or a million, you know, and she's like, I know. She just kind of caves and she knows. And Caroline, I mean, she will, Amy, it's, she will look and she'll curl her nose sometimes. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What? Like, no, you know, and it's usually in a discipline realm Mm. of Caroline, I need you to sit at the table. Like it's a, Hey, we, we need to do something. And I know parenting, it's such a, everyone has like their, their take on everything, right? And sure. so where I can give her options, I do of like, hey, you know, you can have milk or water to drink. What would you like? You know, trying to give her a little bit of her ownness mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because it's an independence too of of her. No, I think options, especially with mine that's more strong-willed, definitely helpful. Yes, so, helpful. so that's kind of helpful. But then there is times where I'm like, you're four though, Caroline. Mm-hmm. You're four. So like, I need you to understand, you know, the authority piece of all of it. And <laughs> yes. <laughs> But, but she's so strong, though, and I think it's beautiful. Like, there is, and again, she's me in a birth order. I had an older sister and a younger brother, so she's literally mm-hmm. me. And you had some fire, right? I probably a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm probably getting a taste of my own medicine. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. And so there's a beauty in it, right? And I'm mm-hmm. like, and as a parent, and you guys can probably honestly help me with it, but I'm like, when you do have that, I don't want to just break her, right? I mean, right. there's a level of strength that is God-given, mm-hmm. but I want to direct it in the right manner. Do you know what I'm saying? I think that's right. I think that's completely right. Mm-hmm. Just try to help them harness and leverage and point it in the right direction. And again, I mean, I think that's something I'm still working through with my own kids and with myself sometimes. That's but right. man, I just think we need strong women in the world. Mm-hmm. And so I definitely think it's a really positive thing. And even mm-hmm. with an almost 13-year-old, I'm already seeing the benefit of having strong convictions and passion and not just caving to peer pressure, but kind of leading the path. Now, you know, maybe she'll lead the path down the hill one day, but I know that no one will have forced her into it. That's right. So. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> actually came on this podcast for you all to give me parenting advice. That's really why I said yes to this. (laughs) Well, Amy and I were talking about all the content that you have on even your Instagram page, but you have so much content on your site and on your page. And you're constantly talking about real life and kind of the holistic picture of money, whether it applies to saving money when you're cooking or going on vacations or, Mm -hmm. you know, everyday things with school. I mean, it's so helpful and so relevant. Mm -hmm. So you say you're stepping back a little bit these past 18 months, I think you're still being super successful. And I mean, what is success, right? It's Mm -hmm. definitely not my place to measure it. But as far as like, you're still putting tons of content out and pumping the brakes. I mean, it sounds like that you're doing a good job just making it happen. Yes, no, for sure. And I think, yeah, one of my goals was I still, you know, I'm sure other people feel this way, but I'm like, specifically for me, I'm like, my line of work is so unique and it really is helping people. I'm like, mm-hmm. like that's what I'm doing, right? Like that, that's mm-hmm. literally why I get up and I do things. I'm like, there's an idea or there's something that is going to help that mom in Kansas city, right. Or wherever, you know, they are. It's, mm-hmm. So I still wanted to be able to provide that. So I think it was more just that pulling back from the things that people don't necessarily see, right. Going into the yeah. office and sitting in different meetings or content strategy or these things sure. that are very important, but, um, I'm able to kind of, yeah, pull the reins back. So I think, mm-hmm. so I'm happy to hear that, Jen, because I did want to continue to still help people and mm-hmm. still be able to provide content where needed. Yeah. But more back end stuff that I could probably be home for, you know? Uh, yeah. Like what can you let go of? Yes, exactly. Yes. Exactly. 
And I think that's an important question, no matter what a woman's season is right now, because, you know, we're going to have some single moms, we're going to have some stay-at-home moms, we're going to have some working moms, we're going to have all kinds of um, different people, different women listening today. Mm -hmm. And I do think no matter your season, really evaluating like, okay, where am I right now? And where can I pump the brakes? Or where do I have more margin? And I want to give a little bit more, you Mm -hmm. know, depending on the season. I think it's so good to kind of take inventory. Yeah. And there's a, there is a beauty because that word season kept coming up, especially when I was kind of journaling and talking to other women before I made this decision, just to kind of get some wisdom and making sure, you know, what I was feeling was still accurate. And it wasn't just, you know, bad dinner that I had the night before. So I make some <laughs> yeah. you know, decision. Um, but that word kept coming up. And I was like, mm-hmm. you know, and I've thrown that word around a lot in life, I'm like oh, different seasons. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, it, it so is. And we were talking even before we started recording of even just kids and the ages they are and how quickly things happen. And I'm like, you know, for me, I'm like, I'm going to blink. And mm-hmm. I mean, Charles will be in kindergarten in three years. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like that's a, that's a different world to me. And so mm-hmm. that's a beautiful thing that I'm like, okay, yeah, it, it is going to shift and it's going to ebb and flow. And thank God for that. Right. I'm like, mm-hmm. absolutely. But it's not this consistent, just, bleh. I'm like, I kind of love the the different pulls and where he has me in different times. And, and I think it's, I think it's beautiful. Yeah. And, it, and I pray it's what is needed at the time. Right. Um, mm-hmm. It's what he's guiding me towards. So, yeah. Well, one of my favorite things about your heart and about your organization is the fact that you get to help people. And Mm -hmm. one of those big parts is helping them get out of debt and live financially free. And of course, there's so many ties to the gospel that we could go with. That's true. Um, But in this new year, you know, money is on the top of everyone's mind, right? We're thinking about getting in shape. We're thinking about, okay, what goals do I have for the year? Okay, how can I spend a little less and be a little smarter with my money? And so as a whole, we would just kind of love to hear just what is your passion and your heart and maybe your backstory behind this whole money situation that you're in? (laughs) Yes. Um, Max Cicado actually was saying this the other day and I was like, yes, where he was like, you are born in a specific generation, mm. within a specific family, within a specific time frame, for a reason. Like all of mm-hmm. this is so ordained. Mm-hmm. And I look back, I'm like, I kind of just, I feel that so deeply in my mm-hmm. story that I was, I mean, I was born the year my parents fell for bankruptcy. Mm. And I had this bent always of when we were drug to these events that we had to, you know, my dad would do on Saturdays. We'd have to go and work the back book tables with like khaki pants and your shirt had to be tucked in with the belt, (laughs) like the whole thing, right? And I, and I was always just kind of intrigued by it all. I mean, I was always intrigued with people and their emotions around it whenever they Mm. even would go up and talk to my dad. I mean, all of it was just very, interesting Mm -hmm. to me. And that's probably the only word I could have said at the time at, you know, Mm -hmm. 10, 11, 12. Mm -hmm. And then when I was 15, um, long story short, just had an opportunity and someone encouraged me to actually speak at one of the events Mm -hmm. and talk about the kids products. They're like, just get up there and just talk about how you use them and how much you love them. Mm -hmm. And it's great. It'd be great to hear from you. And quickly kind of just realizing, oh, I enjoy that. Like I enjoy public speaking, which is very weird. And because most (laughs) people, their number one fear. And, Mm -hmm. and again, at the time at 15, I never could have told you this was gonna be part of my story long term. Mm -hmm. I just remember thinking that's fun and enjoyable. And I get to travel with my dad Mm -hmm. and he gave me a cut of whatever I sold. So that was like my job in high school. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So there was a little utilitarian aspect that was fun too. I was like, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think when I went to college, honestly, was the moment that God kind of busted my, popped my bubble, shined a light on it. And I just remember interacting with people my own age and realizing, oh my gosh, they're already signing up for credit cards. Mm -hmm. You know, they have student loans, like all of this stuff that I had known because Mm -hmm. of obviously how you grew up traveling and hearing stories, but seeing it with people my age, I just remember thinking, at, you know, at 19, yeah. I don't have all the answers, but I know that it can be different. They could, mm-hmm. they can make different choices today that would set them up so well, but they don't even know. No one's talked to them. Like you had the foundation and you didn't even realize it yeah. <laughs> probably fully. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yes, absolutely. So well, how, how much I have to know, yeah. how much would your dad, your mom be talking about finances at home at the dinner table outside of just the, the business side of it? Is that something they just constantly would talk about? You know what? Not really. And I, and I kind of, you know, make the joke always that people think we had like mutual funds, birthday parties <laughs> and, and like had budget camps every summer. And that really wasn't the case. They did a really great job of teaching us about money, but it was in the ebb and flow of life. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't 
ever this like sit down, we're going to present something and talk to you. I mean, it would be, hey, here's a bank statement. And this is what this means. And I was like, oh, okay, that's good to know. Or mm-hmm. we'd be at the grocery. And mom's like, hey, do you notice the price is here? This mm-hmm. is more expensive than this. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, it was that's great. It was honestly in this, this kind of ebb and flow. It, it never, yes, it was. But so subtle that I probably, again, would have said at 19, 20, I mean, yeah, I think my parents talk about money, sort of. And then compared to everyone else, I'm like, oh, no, they really they did really teach us, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. um, in that aspect. And then one thing they did do, Amy, that I think was so helpful and I just applaud them for it is they allowed us to handle our own money very early. Hmm. And so because of that, we were able to understand giving because mm-hmm. when you actually give the money that you've worked for as a little kid, it's you something feel it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. When you have to save up for something, uh, when you spend something and you make a mistake, you know, with money, but it's inexpensive, it's under the covering mm-hmm. parents. It's not like the first time you ever handled money was out at 22 years old and you're on a car lot trying to figure out what to do. Right. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. so that was a really helpful thing. And that's one thing I encourage parents is, Hey, as soon as you can, you know, and again, it doesn't have to be legalistic, mm-hmm. but have them do some stuff around the house that they're paid for, let them handle and feel their own money, have mm-hmm. them give it, have them save it, have them spend it. And even just that basic level they start to feel the emotions of it versus being so detached if you just yeah. hand them a 20 yeah. every time they need it, right? So there's a real life experience that they allowed us to have. And again, make mistakes. I um, I had my first checking account at 15 and I bounced three checks All the right. second month I had the account. Yeah. And it was this whole thing. And dad taught me about overdraft and I had to go down to the bank and apologize <laughs> to the branch manager. Oh, wow. Oh, no uh, way. Yeah, it was this whole thing. But I, I haven't bounced a check since. You know, <laughs> I'm like, I, I know what's in my account now. Um, That's great. You learn. But it's that kind of stuff that they did. Yes, that was so helpful. So parents out there listening, I mean, that's what I would say too, is allow them to experience the good and the bad, you know, of their decisions around money Mm -hmm. as early as possible. When it's not too major. I love that. Yeah. Yes. That's exciting to me because I think that bleeds over into other things besides money that we need to, at the appropriate age, allow them to learn the consequences and Mm -hmm. learn how to manage like their time of when they go to bed. I mean, I like to do that. I don't know if that's everybody's way, but um, because I don't want them to figure it out when they leave and go to college and, you know, get outside of our, Mm -hmm. that's not the time to start learning. There's too much cost. That's right. Yeah. No, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Yep. Yeah. There's a safety there, right? Yeah. With them being home and the, yeah, when the mistake does happen, they at least have a safety net versus, yeah, being out Mm -hmm. by themselves. Well, it's like anything else that money's neutral. It's a tool, it's a vessel, and mm-hmm. they need to learn how to use it, but it's not the end all be all. That's right. That's of right. course, we don't want it to be, um, but we do want it to be helpful, you know, in their lives. And so, because you guys talk about the baby steps and financial peace, and that's so foundational to kindness and basics, would you just go over those real quick? Briefly tell us about the seven baby steps to financial freedom, just kind of some teasers, if you will, yep. that could help kind of point people to some of your incredible resources. And then we'll kind of build on that foundation. Yeah, absolutely. So that first step, baby step one is to save just a thousand dollars. So again, for some people, that's going to be a lot for some people to think, okay, well, I can figure it out and, you know, get it within 20 days. Mm-hmm. Um, but the goal for that step is for it to be as fast as possible. So that thousand mm-hmm. dollars is really that first step. And then baby step two is getting out of debt. And that is paying off all of your debt, smallest amount to largest amount, regardless of the interest rate. You're going to pay minimum payments on everything and then pay off that smallest debt first. Mm. And you're going to pay off all of your non-mortgage debts. So all your consumer debts, this would be any student loans, credit cards, car loans, personal loans um, that will all be paid off. And then once you are completely debt-free, except for your mortgage, then you'll bump up that starter emergency fund to three to six months of expenses. Mm -hmm. So at that point, it's kind of always the step I say, you know, that's where kind of you can take your deep breath. I mean, for a lot of people listening, you probably even feel that if you just imagine having no payments mm-hmm. and having three to six months worth of expenses in the bank, like mm-hmm. it kind of, it does, it just changes, it changes the game of options and even your, your heart rate. I feel like mm-hmm. the stress goes down <laughs> a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, so you do those three and then you're going to do four, five, and six at the same time. So baby step four is funding 15% of your income into retirement. So again, this will be like IRAs, Roth IRAs, 401ks, 403Bs, any retirement vehicle, 
15% of your take-home pay will go into retirement. Mm -hmm. And then baby step five is save up for your kid's college. And then baby step six is pay off the home early. So again, you're doing all of these kind of at the same time. And um, yeah, and so people on average are getting out of consumer debt, baby step two in 18 to 24 months. And then at baby step six, on average, they're paying their homes off in seven years. Wow. Which is amazing. Life-changing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Oh, it's, yeah, so fun. And then baby step seven is continue to invest and build wealth and be extremely generous. Yeah. And and that generous piece is all through the baby steps at different levels, but especially on baby step seven, when you have no payments and literally all you're doing is investing and you get to keep all your income, you have a lot of margin to Mm. be able to give. Mm. And that's one of the fun exclamation points. I feel like at the end of these steps is that baby step seven. So again, I know it's a lot, but it really has become, which I love because it's so tactical. And I Mm -hmm. think that's what people with money, it can feel so overwhelming, Mm -hmm. but to give people a clear path and a step, that's why I feel like we just, we see so much progress with people. And again, at Ramsey, we get to hear these stories Daily. Daily. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, thousands and thousands and thousands mm-hmm. of stories. Yes. So you know it can be done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it is and it is so fun. So there is something tangible about those seven steps that I think helps people with the progress of their money. We've always felt like the baby steps, yes, are that simple, life-changing thing that anybody can do. Yes. And in your family, I, I just want to go back for a second to go, like you said, you were born the year that mom and dad filed bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. And now you have this legacy that has begun that's the opposite of that and is generationally just the generosity is just off the charts. Mm -hmm. Um, The really fun stuff that Dave says, you know, live like nobody lives right now. So one day you can live like nobody lives. And that is the dream, especially for the believer, that you can be so generous. And you've been so generous, you know, with your life. Because I know this is more than just business to you. This is a ministry. Mm -hmm. And when you just wrote the book that came out last year, I think, Know Your Money, Know Yourself. Yeah, Know Yourself, Know Your Money, yeah. Or, yeah, Know Yourself, Know Your Money. Um, (laughs) I just had to ask, I'm like, why were you stirred to write that? And um, what is it about that book that you would want to say, like, this is why people need that resource? Yeah. So this book for me just kind of went under the foundation of money because I do feel like I can talk about the how-to of money, which again is very important. It's the steps, it's understanding what to do uh, and how to do it. But I started asking the question, why? Mm. Okay, so why are we doing these things with money? Mm -hmm. And why have we gotten ourselves in these positions, right? Why do I spend the way I spend? Why do I save the way I save or don't save for some people? You know, Mm -hmm. why do I give or don't give the way I give? Mm -hmm. And asking that why question was just, it's always fascinating because we do say that personal finance, it's 80% behavior. It's only 20% head knowledge. Mm -hmm. So you can know what to do, but actually doing it is where you're going to see the results. Mm -hmm. And so that change and actually doing it can be really hard for some people, can be really easy for others. But that whole journey, I think was just a really important conversation to have. So I did kind of see this as going under that foundation. And it, and again, why we handle money the way we do, I think is everything. I think, I think it's God-given personality and tendencies. I think it's the environment we grew up in. Um, I think it's our fear around mm. money and different fears have motivations on why we do the things we do. Our dreams and goals, why they are they, the way they are and how that affects our money. Uh, there's a lot of that why. And I think once we can kind of grapple with that and understand, okay, here are my tendencies around money or here's, you know, the home that I grew up in. And maybe this is why I'm viewing it this way. You can kind of start to unpack the heart and the emotion of money faster, I would say. And Mm -hmm. then that just catapults you into the how to, if I, you know, I'm a natural spender and if I can understand, okay, I'm a natural spender. So why is that? Mm -hmm. And it's not always good, right? I'm like, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. I will spend because something's cute and I know I'm going to get a compliment. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I can feel the conviction. I start asking these hard questions of myself. Mm-hmm. Then it kind of changes the how-to sometimes. And so, and, I, and I've always been interested too in just personality oh, yeah. tests mm-hmm. or understanding why we're wired and 
all of it. So, well, even those tendencies that you have, the seven money money tendencies, are so fascinating. I wrote a couple down. Um, so you talk about whether you're a saver or a spender, whether you're more of a nerd, more of a free spirit, if you value experiences or things, quality or quantity, safety or status, abundance or scarcity, and planned or spontaneous giving. Mm-hmm. And even just reading through those, I could easily go, oh, well, I'm pretty much this, or maybe in a certain situation, I'm the other side. But yep. it definitely makes you think like, okay, why am I like that? And why do I do the things that I do? Yes. And if you're married, the relational piece of that is always interesting because mm-hmm. more times than not, opposites attract, right? So your yeah. spouse just sees the world in a totally and sees money in a different viewpoint for whatever reason that may be. And and being able to identify that, it kind of just gives words mm-hmm. yes. around our actions. And I think it's helpful too in a relational sense. Well, I think it's I mean, so important because one of the leading causes, at least couples that we've been around that have been struggling or something that has led to a divorce. I mean, one of the leading factors is financial tension. Yeah. And so I think anytime that we can have more communication about this and get behind it. And I know some people might feel like, oh, this is so overwhelming or I don't want to think about it. I don't want to talk about it. You know, I want what's on the other side, but I maybe don't want to go through it. Yeah. Um, now that you've been in it for a while, would you say that it's easier or harder than you thought initially? Working with with my spouse, just to or walk, just in general, yeah, just in general, to like to walk through and talk through and actually do the thing that we're reading about. Yeah, I mean, I would. I think certain parts were harder, but also when you get into a new rhythm and almost a new habit, mm-hmm. um, it does become easier mm-hmm. uh, because it becomes your new normal, right? That's so, good. for instance, budgeting for me was always the one piece, you know, even as a teenager, when we did have to budget our checking accounts and all that, you know, I just, I don't like details. I don't like keeping up with receipt. I mean, it was just, and then I had to get on this like quick in where you had the Uh the little Uh CD-ROM thing, Hmm. computer, and I had to, uh, I I just, I did not, my sister found joy in it. It was like, okay, (laughs) or, you know, you could organize and all of this, and it was just draining to me. You're like, nope. Yeah, that was one part of just this whole conversation that I just, my natural bent is not that. And so I had to learn this after Winston and I got married, we did not budget for probably about six to nine months. And again, I knew we should be, but doing it, I was like, eh, eh, I'm not that worried about it. And then he was the one that was like, babe, we've got to sit down and figure out where our money's going. And I was like, dang it. I love that. (laughs) I know we should, but fine. (laughs) And so it took us probably three to four months, you know, even as 21 year old, I mean, we were young, y'all 21 and didn't have much, but it took us a few months to actually get in the rhythm of it and get it where it was correct and, you know, accurate and all of that. Mm -hmm. And, and then now fast forward, you know, 11 and a half years from then, I mean, I just did our budget for next month, literally in five minutes. I'm the one doing it now. And and I was like, okay, a couple of changes. He's like, perfect. Take that off. We can lower that. I was like, yep, 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 yep on our app. And we're done. And I was like, okay, perfect. So it's there. It's a new rhythm. Yeah. Now is this every dollar or is this a different app? Every dollar. Yeah. We use every dollar. Yes. Cause it is. It's so helpful. And and I will encourage people that again, even something like budgeting can feel overwhelming, but you're changing, right? Your viewpoints. If you're someone that doesn't budget and say, okay, I probably should budget. Or maybe you're someone out there that thinks, okay, yeah, I am living paycheck to paycheck. I should probably try to, you know, stop going into debt, you know, whatever the thing is, if you are not happy, um, content, I would say, with your money today, like the results of what your habits have gotten you today. If, if you're not content with it, then you have to change what you've been doing. That's good. And that change is always, it's always hard. It's always uncomfortable. We, we like normal. We like predictable. Mm-hmm. It feels good to know what the result's going to be. Even if the result is not good, mm-hmm. you're still comfortable in it. So to change, it is going to be uncomfortable. You're going to feel that friction. Mm-hmm. But man, what you're changing to, it is it's so much better than what you currently have. Again, if you're not happy with what you currently have. And so there is something about that change that you're going to feel it. So I'm just telling yeah. people, it's going to feel uncomfortable, but push through that because to be able to handle your money. Again, this resource that God has given us to manage for him mm. and to handle it his ways. Mm-hmm. It is countercultural in mm-hmm. a lot of sense. Yeah. You know, you're, you're going to feel a little bit different, but there is a level of control that you get over your money that allows you to say, okay, God, I'm really not in control. Yeah. But when you are living paycheck to paycheck and you don't have savings and a pandemic hits mm-hmm. and you lose your job, yeah. yeah, you are completely out of control. Right. And yeah. so 
there is something just beautiful about truly living out God's ways of handling money because it gives you this level of freedom and margin and there's something about it. But the Mm -hmm. budget is, again, a a very specific tool to use within it, but it is so key and so important. But if it's hard, I get it. That was me. I mean, somebody (laughs) needs to hear that, you know, because it is the thing that just most people would be like, yuck. And so much of this is like, I think people are going, but, 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 because... I don't want to know what my motives are for spending. And they're also saying, but Rachel, what about like, I'm the wife of a spouse who doesn't want to go there. And so what do you say to the spouse that says, I can't get my husband or whatever. They're the spender. They're the one that doesn't want to deal with this. And so what can they do Mm. Uh, besides just like pray? And what's your main bit of advice for that uh, spouse that's not on the same page? Yeah, I mean, I, prayer is always number one, right? That, yeah. that God would would change their heart because there is something powerful about being a team in this. Yeah. Um, and something that you bring to the table, something he brings to the table that is good and that is needed in that in that conversation. Um, I would say number two, I find with men specifically that when they can see progress visually, it is helpful. So I feel like for some women that, you know, if you're on board, you're like, hey, you know, Chris, you got to sell your truck we're getting out of debt. And he's like, what Who have you been listening to? You know, you're crazy. Yeah. But when you actually sh- write down, like you actually write down your debt, you actually write out a time frame to say, okay, if we put X amount away mm-hmm. or towards our debt, we could be out of debt in 17 months or, or 32 months or whatever it is. Um, it, you know, if you actually write it out and visually show it, I find in the conversation, it does help mm-hmm. because it's not just this idea of like, we're about to cut all of our spending and sell my truck. And that doesn't sound fun. All this bad stuff. You actually put it out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. On paper is good. Um, I would also say, talk about your why. Mm -hmm. I think we can so easily go to just the, we got to fix our money. We got to fix our money. But why is that a motivator for you? Mm -hmm. Is it because you're fearful? Is it because you feel isolated and alone in it? Is it because you want to be able to, to help your kids and that they have a different story with money than you did. You yeah. know, what, what is that? Why? And sharing that with your husband, there's a level of that heart, mm-hmm. um, that he, he does need to hear because it's a part of you. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I always end with this cause I'm just, a, I'm a fan of marriage. Yeah, all right. <laughs> you know, but I would say like, yeah, bring someone else in. Like if it gets mm-hmm. to the point that he's refusing again, it, it could be your delivery, uh, it could be his stubbornness. I don't know what it is, but I would bring in a third party because I think it's that important because yeah. not only does it take people's marriages and the divorce word is thrown mm-hmm. out, yeah. but there's also a level that the enemy can go in and, and he wedges his way in this conversation mm-hmm. and he pulls couples apart and couples today are running on two separate paths with their money, which means their values end up can be different. Their dreams can be different. And this unity is squashed. And so bringing together, again, something as tactical as money mm-hmm. together and be unified in it, yeah. it reveals so much of your heart and who you are and how you do life yeah. and not doing it with your spouse right. is really difficult. Yeah. Right. Well, and I think as believer, if you're both believers, you know, just the message of Jesus that where your treasure is, your heart is there and we can't serve God in many, but we have to steward that. But but I I love that you're saying that the presentation is a big deal, that we need to consider how we are presenting it and be winsome in that. Yeah. Um, Because it is a big, it is a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And where there is no vision, people perish. So we do need a vision, you know, in every area of our life. And Mm -hmm. I think definitely having a vision and money, whether that's something that you bring to the table or maybe you're single. And so you're maybe you talk to a mentor or some friends and just get some other, you know, voices around you that help you just have some guidance for the future. Mm -hmm. And I'll say this too, you know, if you are someone listening and and you are not in a good space with money, meaning like it's a, it's stressful. There's not a lot. You can barely pay the bills. Like you're feeling that tension. I would be confident to say your husband is feeling it too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's an insecurity. I think that men can carry mm. when this part of their life is not going well. And so just to be sensitive to that as a wife, um, yes. to know he's probably feeling it. Mm-hmm. Like, even though he may feel, it feels like he's not, there is something there. I don't know if it's the provider. I don't know if it's Genesis. I don't know what yeah. it is, but, mm-hmm. but there is, there can be an insecure kind of open wound there that he knows is there. So just be sensitive to that as well. Okay. Um, not saying you can't speak truth and step into the conversation because it needs to be had, but just to be aware. That's so good. So you cover so many great topics on your show. 
I mean, from budgets to relationships, to travel, to meal planning, debunking expensive trends and just offering cheaper options. I love it. I love when you talk about like money hacks and Mm -hmm. I mean, even just, Hey, use dry shampoo instead of, you know, (laughs) using shampoo every single day. I love it. I'm like, thank you for validating my habits. This is great. Um, But if you could share just some of your favorite, like everyday money saving tips, what would that be? Yeah. So I feel like the one thing that gets brought up all the time is just food, like mm-hmm, overspending, yeah. whether mm-hmm. it's Costco or the grocery store going out to eat. It's so hard. Yes. The food aspect of money is like, oh, it's, it's exhausting. And if you have kids and as your kids grow, I mean, Amy, you have six kids. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you should like be coaching us on this here, but it's like my nine-year-old eats like a 17-year-old. And so I'm constantly <laughs> going, I just went to the grocery store. Like, yes. why is my fridge empty? An I don't understand. An hour ago. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. Right. Yes. And now with so much inflation. Yeah. Oh, and it's, I, like... it's so expensive. Yes, absolutely. So around the food thing, I'm like, it's, it's like anything in life. It's just being intentional. And so as much as you can plan out what you're going to eat, mm-hmm per week or, or for some people they can do every two weeks. That's too much for me. But look, because I know for me, you know, I was at the office on Sunday or I'm sorry, on Monday and came home and I'm, and I'm tired, but I'm like, Hey, I knew we had a chicken pot pie that that's what we're going to make. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't have a thing that I knew, yeah, you best believe I'd probably be going through Chick-fil-A or picking up America, you know, picking food up, um, mm-hmm. which just naturally is going to be more expensive mm-hmm. for families. So to plan out exactly what you're going to eat, it, it allows you to know what you need to buy at the store. Um, but that planning will save you a lot. So I would say that's, that's um, yeah, that's definitely one big aspect of full of money that especially as women, it's like, oh, man, mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like every time I go to Costco, I'm just like, wait, how am I spending so much money? Oh my goodness. Yes. In two seconds. But having the like, list, yes. $200 or more. I'm always telling my kids, uh, my adult daughters, you cannot make dinner hungry. Like you're... <laughs> You're going to need to snack, but yeah, shop or even they come home and it's like, I'm too hungry to make dinner. Mm -hmm. So be snacking or something so that you're able to go, you know what? I can do this quick 15 minute meal or 20 minute meal because I'm not starving now. Because I know that you get too hungry that you go, we got to just pick something up. We've got to go through the drive-thru because yes. I can't wait that long to cook. You come home with a barrel of chocolate-covered raisins and you're like, why did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's right. Yes. That's right. Yeah. So that, that intentionality, I think, is is a big piece of it for sure. Yeah. And I think sometimes talking about money can almost sound like a downer, but it's like you can plan for fun things. Like you talk all the time, Rachel, about planning for fun things like a trip mm-hmm. or... Yes. And that's the one thing, even with a budget, you hear people are like, oh, and I'm like, yeah, but a budget, it's permission to spend. Yeah. Yes. It's not saying you can't enjoy your money. You can budget all down for clothes. Mm-hmm. And if you love, you know, if you want to go on Amazon and buy something new, you can. It's mm-hmm. there. It's planned for. Um, so you're exactly right. People think that, I hear him say, like, oh, you guys, you know, hate nice cars and you hate vacations mm-hmm. and all this. Like, <laughs> no, I'm all for all these things. Paying for them is the key. Yeah. So, yeah, any way to be able to use it, again, as a tool to create a life that you love, to be able to help people. It's all in that balance. Mm-hmm. And it is possible to have that balance where it doesn't rule you. Mm-hmm. It's not an idol in your life, but God is blessing you and he is giving you. And again, all of us have different stories, but a certain amount to manage. And mm-hmm. so what does that look like for you? Um, yeah. And to be faithful in that. And, mm-hmm. and I think part of that is a blessing, right? That you're able to enjoy it. Good. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. So let's say the average woman wants to as easily as possible, just cut down on some excess expensive, save a few bucks here and there. What are some of the most like common gratifying things that people can cut that they might not even realize? Like, wow, I'm spending a ton on, on this. Obviously you mentioned food. Yes. You know, I would say we live in a world of subscriptions mm-hmm. and the problem is, is that we sign up for these things and we don't even realize we're paying for them, especially if you're not watching your transactions. Yeah. Three years later. Yes. So if you've not been tracking transactions or you know where, you know, where every single dollar is going because you haven't been strictly budgeting, go back to your checking account the last probably, I would say 90 days, go back the last three months and just look to see. I'm like, you know, even Winston and I, we got in trouble with this. We were paying for a gym membership for Mm. six months Mm -hmm. and I was tracking it. I was like literally doing our budget. I would just put it in there. And then I was like, wait, 
we're I'm not you we're not I using know. this whole member yes. sequence and he's like I know listen you know, the gym is hard I'm going through this right now like with COVID and yes. all that where <laughs> I just haven't been as much but I need to be going and so yes. I haven't canceled it but I probably should cancel it based on how much I've been going yes well it's uh, just it's that stuff or you know we'll I'll sign up for like an HBO Max because there's a certain series I want to watch mm-hmm. and then I'm done with it and then two months later I'm like dang it I forgot to cancel that so yes. I mean that is constant so I would say look for those subscriptions and I also tell people to unsubscribe from emails mm-hmm. um, because I know for me, if I, if I do go buy something online, you know, automatically your email address is in their database yes. and you're going to be sent everything. And then you see all their cute clothes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you're like, oh, it's 30% off. I get a great deal. You know, but you yep. never would have known that existed if it wasn't in your email. So, so true. be unsubscribing to stuff because again, it's that kind of temptation that's thrown in your inbox and you think, oh, well, that's cute. I didn't even know they had that. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have known if you didn't get the email. So yeah. uh, that's just a helpful, more proactive tip for me. And then um, I'm showing all my cards because obviously I love to shop, as y'all can tell. Mm-hmm. I I call it just like my add to cart days. And so I did this a few nights ago. I went on this website and I was like, oh my God, it was like Ann Taylor Loft or J. Crew, one of those. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so cute. And I, and I went and just started adding stuff. And then I was like, okay, that felt good. I got my little, my little adrenaline rush. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna I'm gonna exit out of it. So I swiped up the screen. But it's amazing. Just even like saying, okay, I'll add it to the cart, but I'm not gonna buy it. There you go. <laughs> you know, you kind of you get a little bit of the satisfaction of like online shopping, but then you don't pay for it. All um, right. That's it, true. It, yeah, I know. Just window shopping. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's a little window shopping, but online. And you can even um, keep it there and come back the next day. And most of the time, by the next day, mm-hmm. it's like, eh. Yeah, you don't even want it. I that's don't actually right. want that. Um, yes. And I would say too, again, this is more proactive, but it is helpful where you can don't have your information in a database. Um, now, Amazon's kind of a hard one because it's, I don't know, I feel like we buy a lot off Amazon, but especially for me, like websites of clothes and all of that, I don't create an account mm-hmm. because I always do the guest checkout yeah. and it mm-hmm. takes an extra like 50 seconds to like type, type in, in all my information. Mm-hmm. And then kind of that friction happens and then you're kind of like, okay, do I want it? It just gives you a little bit more time because shopping online now, it is so easy. It is so fast where yes, it's convenient, but it's, it will eat more into your budget than you realize. Cause there's no, um, there's no attachment. There's no exchange happening, right? It's all right there on your phone. Mm-hmm. So I would say, be aware of that and just check out as a guest and it gives you some friction between your purchases. That's good. That's good. All right. I have a couple just kind of rapid fire questions here as we kind of start to, you know, work our way towards a close, but I want to get to them. So I was talking to a CPA friend of mine and a question that she had was, what do you want your children to learn from you and your husband about financial stewardship and obviously just financial like preparedness in general, but before they leave the nest, Mm. like something Mm. regarding stewardship Mm. that you really want them to value? Yes. Um, I want them to learn as early as possible that stuff does not satisfy. And I think that we live in a culture of consumption and upgrading and all of it. And again, Mm -hmm. while that stuff is not wrong or evil, when we start to replace that and think that our contentment, you know, we're going to be satisfied Mm -hmm. when we have that thing because of what we're saying, right? That adrenaline rush or the dopamine hit that you get when you buy something. Mm -hmm it is a lie to believe that that is somehow going to fulfill you. And I think that we just chase after this tangible happiness so often Mm -hmm. and stuff and money are the thing. That's the avenue that a lot of people walk down. Mm -hmm. And so for them, full contentment in in Jesus. And I know that's different seasons for different people, but man, when they can have that baseline, there's something so, um, I don't want to say easy because it's not easy, but there's something peaceful. Yeah about this conversation when that is your baseline. So for me, that would be a big, that would probably be a big thing. Oh, um, I mean, besides the giving and the budgeting, you know, all these things. Oh, but I think sure. Is, like all the basic yeah, things, but yes. Yeah. But I would say that's, that's one thing for me and my girls, I mean, I know guys can be consumers too, but I don't know. There's something about girls these days. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I just want them to be aware yeah, yeah, and know that while things are great and beautiful and they're fun, like mom and dad, our value, our identity is not in this stuff yes. because this stuff, it can be gone in an instant. And who are we going to be? Winston and I say that all the time. We're like, okay, if, yeah. if stuff hits the fan mm-hmm. and all of this, and we're in a two bedroom apartment, who are we? Like, yes. what, like, what is that? And so yeah. keeping that in check, I think is really huge. That's great. 
Yeah. And even if they are financially free, which we want them to be, of course, just to still have humble roots. Yes. I mean, yeah. I want that. I want my kids to have that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, another question that she had that she gets frequently is someone who says, oh gosh, my child's in high school now and I didn't save for college. So what can I do to prepare now for the college <laughs> bill that's just a few years away? Yes, I would say, number one, you're not a bad parent if you don't pay for college. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's good. And I think that there's a lot of pressure on parents today. And obviously, I think it's a blessing and it's part of our plan that we hope that you could get there because it is a gift. Mm -hmm. But but it's it's not, I mean, as a parent, like, you're okay. You're not a bad parent for that. That's good. But I'd also say on a tactical sense, I would encourage them to very strongly stay in state, mm -hmm. take in-state tuition, go to a community college. Yeah. I think when you step over a state line or even go the private route, you're automatically doubling and tripling mm -hmm. the same degree that you can have from an in-state school. Um, or again, the first couple of years that they just want to do community college. That's mm -hmm. awesome mm -hmm. because you can transfer those credits somewhere else. Um, scholarships and grants are still a thing out there, mm -hmm. but that is free money. Mm -hmm. Um, so do you think it just takes intention to find financial aid? Yeah, it does. I mean, there's definitely resources out there, um, but I feel like it, it's changed so rapidly um, with just technology and all of that. There's actually probably more options out there, mm -hmm. but you do have, yeah, you got to ask around. And again, being careful that financial aid can be disguised as student loans. So mm -hmm. making sure that what you're doing and signing up for- That's a good point you know, is that, and then working, we find that if students work on average 20 to 25 hours a week, they can actually pay their way through an in-state school. Hmm. And so th those are kind of, again, just those tangible things, but college is one of those conversations that I feel like we've just lost our mind over common sense. It's yeah. just out the window. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, 18 year old, you can go wherever you want. It doesn't matter the price tag. It doesn't matter what your degree <laughs> is. Just, just go enjoy. And I'm like, yes. and now you're ruining a whole generation who are not People aren't getting married. They're not buying houses. Yeah. They're not having kids mm. because of their student loan debt. And not that I agree mm -hmm. with all of that, but I'm like, these are the decisions that they're having to make mm -hmm. for what a degree in business from some random school that no one's ever heard of. And now you want to be a stay-at-home mom. You know, mm -hmm. like you, you yeah. see the struggle constantly. I'm like, it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. And I'm all for higher education, but I think you can do it in a really wise way. And yeah. I think we've just lost our minds with it, honestly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I keep hearing some reoccurring themes throughout this conversation too. And like what you just kind of touched on is like the vision. Does your child have any vision yet? Sometimes it's like delay if that's a, a child that knows the Lord, because you could just be spinning your wheels and getting into debt. And the thing that they really feel led to do doesn't even really require that degree or could right. be in a a skill field where they could go to Votech. And, yeah. and so, like you said, like being intentional is, is a theme. Vision is a theme and having the vision so that you can be intentional. And then the motive side of why. I know that I went to college and I got a degree, but my motives uh, originally was just that I was doing it because that's what everybody that's did. That's what you do. And yes, yeah, yes. you graduate and then you go to college. But thinking through, having a vision, being intentional then with that vision, that's going to get us somewhere and constantly asking the motives of, you know, why this matters, why it's important. Um, it's just thinking. And I think that with money and these things that we kind of do automatic, so many times we are not taking time to really be thoughtful Anyway, so I, I just wanted to emphasize that yeah. because I was like, oh, my goodness, like the theme of all of this, whether we're talking about parenting or the finances or whatever, mm -hmm. we're going, these things have to have vision. They have to have intentionality in our motives and our hearts so matter. And, you know, with all of this, Rachel, there's got to be someone, a lot of us maybe, that feel some discouragement, some anxiety. What's a message of hope that you like to bring to our listeners, kind of encapsulizing like all of these things yeah. with their family and their their vision and their finances? Yeah, no, it's a great question. Um, yeah, I think that intentionality piece, like what you were touching on, is it is so important. And I think it can be intimidating because people think, oh, gosh, well, if I've I've screwed up so bad, right? And there's like this level of shame and guilt that money has. And and the thing with money too is like, it kind of haunts us because there's a number to it. Like I mm -hmm. could say, oh, I was not a good mom yesterday. There's no number to that, you know, mm -hmm. or I'm like, I'm rocking it as a wife. 
there's no number to that, mm-hmm. but your money, there's a number and there's mm-hmm. something about, you know, our self-worth has become that number, that net worth number. And so to just free people from that, that what that number is, is not a reflection of who you are and especially not a reflection of how Jesus sees you. It's good. Um, but I hate that that our mistakes follow us in a number. Mm-hmm. I just want to free people from that shame and that guilt because nobody's perfect. Mm-hmm. Nobody's perfect. Mm-hmm. We all mess up with money constantly. Um, I feel like I do. I'm, like, I'm adding to yeah. cart, right? Not even <laughs> so, so we all have our thing, right? Um, we're not perfect at it. But to know, though, that there is this level of hope that the beautiful thing is we get to wake up every day and make decisions mm-hmm. and we get to make choices. And everyone has different stories and different circumstances, but we all have the God-given ability to wake up and say, okay, mm-hmm. I get to choose what I'm going to do today. And money is one of those things that we get to choose. And I want people to feel that power over that because there is something so good about that. Mm -hmm. That again, maybe your debt level is greater than the person next to you or your income is lower than someone else's. But no matter what, I can tell you after 30 years of us doing this, we have seen every number you can imagine from deep in the hole Mm -hmm. to not a big income to crazy income, but then lots of debt. I mean, we've seen Mm -hmm. the whole thing. I bet. The same person that stands on that stage when they do their debt-free screams for the Ramsey show, they all have the same motivation of, hey, I don't want money to control me anymore. Mm. So I'm going to make a different decision where I'm actually going to choose to control it and tell it what to do, whether it's through a budget to be debt-free and don't owe anyone anything, but to have this level of, I'm going to own this part of my life versus it owning me. Mm. And we get to make that decision and we see people do that day in and day out. So that would be my encouragement to people, no matter where you are. You get to wake up tomorrow and make a decision on what you're going to do. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Choose this day who you will serve, you know? And oh, we do that in a I bunch of different ways. Yes. Did you? Oh, that's so good. That'll preach right there. We get to choose. Yes. Okay. So obviously 2020, 2021, it's all behind us now. It's a new year. Yes. Um, a lot of people might feel like I'm a little scared timid to invest right now because the world seems so uncertain. Would you tell people that they should stop these things until it seems more settled or just to kind of continue pressing on? I'm the continue pressing on. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Message out there. I mean, because honestly, you look at, you know, the market specifically, I'm like, it doesn't just do this. It is mm-hmm. a roller coaster. That's and true. so we laugh and say the people that get hurt on a roller coaster are those who, who jump off and <laughs> you want to ride right. it out, ride it out. Don't let the fear. And especially, you know, if you're in your thirties, forties, fifties, you have 10, 15 years still to ride it out. If you're mm-hmm. thinking about retirement. Um, now, if you're about to go into retirement in the next three years, sure, talk to your financial advisor. Maybe they say, hey, let's just do it now. And I don't know. I don't know what they would say. But it is a long-term play. When I think about investing, I think it's five years or more. Mm-hmm. And you're in it. And you're in it. And you let it ride. So I don't even look up, honestly. I'll, I'll get our statements. You know, we get our statements every year. But I don't sit there and I'm, I don't have an app that I look at, you know, the stocks and all of that. It's there for the long term. So mm-hmm. you will feel the rides, you'll feel the good, you'll feel the bad. Mm-hmm. And the weird thing about 2020 is it was up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the, end of the market was insane. Crazy. So I'm like, we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't predict it. So you're in it for the long haul when you're investing. Wow, Rachel, this has been so stirring and encouraging. And it, it does... I think, give us so much hope for futures. Just to think about that every day you get to choose. I I love that thought. So what resources, Ramsey Solutions, I mean, you guys give away so much great content for free. What resources do we need to have our listeners for sure know about? And then would you leave us with a final word of encouragement? Yes. Um, Yeah, we have, I mean, from our shows, podcasts, the Rachel Cruz show, the Ramsey show. And if you go to rachelcruz.com or ramseysolutions.com, yeah, tons of just blogs and articles and anything you want to know, you can probably even just Google it. You'll see it, you know, so just a lot of content out there to to hopefully help people. And yeah, I mean, again, I would say money is such a, it's such a complicated layered topic in our lives and this balance of not making it our God, Mm -hmm. that it's the only thing we're working for, right? Right. Versus not letting it own us. Mm -hmm. And in a sense, takes us out and then it ends up being our God because it's the thing we stress about the most. Mm. And so uh, having this level of saying, okay, God, I am truly going to surrender and open my hands and say, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm here. I'm done 
trying to do it my way. Mm -hmm. And so what do you say about this and what do I need to do? And it is an amazing Mm -hmm. thing that, and again, this is not like a prosperity gospel thing, but it is a beautiful thing that when you are faithful with the little, Mm -hmm. he will give you more to manage and you will start to see things in your life unfold. And maybe not tangibly, it's not like a new BMW is going to show up at your house, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but but these things in your spirit and the way you, you see people and you see relationships, things just start to open up when you surrender anything in our lives. But I think money is tried to, we tried to hold on to so tightly. And I'd say, Hey, open that hand and say, God, what do you want me to do? How do I do this? Well, and hopefully again, at Ramsey, we point people towards the feet of Jesus and what he says about it. But it's a topic that is so, it can be very difficult today. So I just don't want people to feel any, any amount of shame or guilt, but Mm -hmm. a level of conviction to say, okay, God, I'm going to steward this for you. It's great. Yes. Preach that girl. Well, Mm. we are so thankful for this. It is, it is important. And I hope that everyone would go to these resources. Um, There's no excuse that that you didn't know (laughs) because it's all there available for you for free. Incredible. Yeah. Well, thank you for being a voice, a voice for us. And then also just a cheerleader and a constant encouragement. I totally feel that from you. Every time I watch something of yours, just like, all right, I can do this. I can make these small baby steps that will just point me to God and point me to financial freedom as well. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. It's honestly such an honor. I I was thankful you guys reached out and that this worked and Mm -hmm. it's always good to talk to you guys. So thank you. Well, as we have mentioned, lots of amazing free resources are linked in the conversation notes. You can also subscribe with the push of a button for free wherever you like to stream Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher. And we would love to connect with you on Instagram at The Messy Table Podcast. Guys, I know for me, this conversation has been the perfect way to help recenter some things that really matter and I want to matter in the new year. And we also hope it's helpful for you. So if you happen to have a quick moment to spare, it means a lot when you text these episodes to a friend or share them on social media. You can even help other women all over the world find these stories of hope by leaving a quick review in Apple Podcasts, which somehow in some magically technological way helps bring visibility. And last, we are so very thankful to partner with you in sharing this truth and encouragement. And as you head back into your week and the rest of the whole year, remember, yes, life is messy, but God is at work in your mess.